the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You have unique gifts. You have unique talents. You have a unique thumbprint. You have unique DNA. And God created you to use those gifts to be creative in the way you worship Him. There aren't just 12 ways. There's a thousand ways. You, You might even have to talk someone into it. But be creative. Think about something you could do that would worship God that no one else has ever thought of. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like, what is eternity? Or is there a real God and where is he when I'm really suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every day on this program. In these challenging times, we believe that God's Word is the source to all our answers. So if you can, get out your Bibles, and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us today. We are one church on many campuses, and as we begin today, I want to welcome all those who are watching on the internet and on television, listening and on the radio. I want you to thank all the people who are, who are with us here today. I love Psalm chapter 113, Psalm 113, because it gives us the who, when, where, and the why in one little passage. Here's, I want you to look at the verse because it tells us all these things. Verse 1 says, praise the Lord. Everybody say praise the Lord. Praise, and and this is the who. Verse 1 is the who. Because it says, praise, O servants of the Lord. So if you're a servant of the Lord, you should be involved in worship. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Verse 2 is the when. Let the name of the Lord be praised when? Both now and what? Forevermore. So the day you become a Christian, for the rest of eternity, you as a believer in Jesus Christ should be worshiping the Lord. Verse 3 tells us where. Where are we supposed to worship the Lord? The Bible says, from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. We're to worship God everywhere. Can someone say amen? Amen. And verse 4 and 5 tells you the why. Why do we worship the Lord? Because the Bible says the Lord is exalted over all the nations. His glory, His glory is above the heavens. Who is like our Lord, our God, the one who sits enthroned on high? And the answer to that is no one. God is worthy to be praised. And all God's people said. Uh, I want to talk about how does worship become an extraordinary experience. Number one, if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, it all begins with point number one. And that is you have to have an undivided heart. And Colossians 3, 1 says, since you have been raised with Christ, you're supposed to be setting your heart, your heart on things above. Your heart should be focused on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. The very next verse tells us to set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. So the essence of worship is that your heart and your mind are focused on things 
above. That's what worship is. The world serves as one giant distraction for us because we're okay with giving God just a little bit of our heart or we'll give him like, you know, just a pinch, but we're not, we don't surrender all. And that's what worship is. Worship is when you give God all of your heart. That's what worship is. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13, look at these words. These people, they come near. In other words, they come close. They come near to me with their mouth. They, they honor me with the, their lips. They talk a good game. I mean, you look at them and listen to them. They talk a good game, but their hearts, their hearts are far, far, far from me. God wants all of your heart. The second thing is what I call unlimited expressions. I've listed a few. You'll just fill in the blanks uh, on a few of these. Number one is, is the, uh, what I call the laughing mouth. Laughing is a form of worship. Did you know that the Hebrew root word for laughter actually means to sing praises to God? It's a form of praise. And I think that about this church. I laugh just thinking about this church. Look at what God has done in this church. I mean, look, look at the diversity in this church. Look at the number of lives that have been touched and changed. Look at all the campuses that we serve. Look at all the people. Look at all the people who have their Bibles. I, I mean, it's amazing. We can laugh at what God is doing in our midst. It is a form of worship and praise. Number two is what we call the singing mouth. Psalms chapter 47, verse 6. It, it tells you to do something in there four times in one verse. Four times it tells us to do something in one verse. And what is that one thing? To sing praises. Look at it. It's in there four times. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. Four times in one verse. Some 33 different times throughout the book of Psalms that tells us to sing and to make music. Ladies and gentlemen, if your mouth, if your mouth is moving, you ought to be singing songs of praise to God. Number three is a bent knee. We looked at that last week, so I I don't want to go into that this week. The fourth thing on our list is standing in awe. And I I put those two together because there's some passages that talk about people who kneel in reverence, and there's some people who stand in awe. You see, there's there's no just one correct way to worship. There's all different kinds of ways to worship. Standing or kneeling. It's not the position of your body. It's the position of your heart. Your body reflects what's in your heart. Number five on the list is clapping hands. You can write that down, clapping hands. Psalm 47 verse 1 says, clap your hands all you ought, all you nations. It is the language of the nations. In any language, in any nation, in any tribe, in any tongue. If you don't, you, maybe you don't understand the language that they speak or the native tribe, but when you clap, everyone understands that. But when it comes to our Lord God, the King of the universe, who is holy, 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 He is Lord of all, He demands the greatest of our appreciation as far as I'm concerned. Number six is... Those who play instruments, or what we call playing instruments. Now again, that, I think your hands are instruments. Psalm 32 verse 3 says, praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten-stringed ten instruments. I, I love Psalm 150. It has a long list of instruments. It's got the trumpet. It's got the harp, the tambourine, the strings, the flutes. And it talks about the clashing the clashing of the cymbals. And we need to play instruments uh, like that 
and I think, I don't even think God cares. Have you ever sat at a piano and you can't play? I, but if it's a, some type of worship song, I think God enjoys that. Number seven is a shouting voice. The Bible says, shout for joy to the Lord. All the earth. Who's supposed, who's supposed to be shouting uh, to the Lord? All of the earth. And I love this is our theme, the year of Jubilee. It's where this word uh, jubilant comes from. It says, burst into jubilant song with music. Number eight is uplifted hands. Uplifted hands. Psalm 134, lift up your hands in the what? And I don't tell you, I was raised in a church where that was kind of a no-no. If one person did that, I was like, who, what are they doing? What's wrong with that person? They just didn't tell us this verse when I was growing up. But it's in the Bible. Lift up your hands in the what? Sanctuary. Every man in this church needs to read 1 Timothy 2.8, where it specifically says men, 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 lift up your hands in prayer to the Lord. That's what that's what 1 Timothy 2 8, that men everywhere, men everywhere are to lift up holy hands unto the Lord. What does that mean when we lift up our holy hands? Number one, it's an expression of gratitude. You're just saying, Lord, thank you. Everybody just say thank you. Thank you. And just take your hands and go, thank you, Lord. Just real quick. Thank you, Lord. That's all that is. Thank you, Lord. Someone ever held a door for you and said, hey, thanks? Or they, they let you cut in front of them in a, in, a, you're in a car, you let them go first, they just wave at you like that? Yeah, that's, that's you. Lord, thank you. Secondly, it's, it's the international symbol for I surrender. I, that's what it means. It's just, and you're just saying, Lord, I'm, I, I'm yours. Lord, I belong to you. And of course, the third thing is I need you and I what? I love you. That's all that is. I need you. I, I, I need you and I love you. You say, well, I'm a little shy. I don't, I don't know if I can lift my hands in the sanctuary. I, I, don't, know, I don't know if I'm going to be comfortable with that. Listen, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's what, is, it's what does God want? What does God want? It's not about what are you comfortable with. It's what is God comfortable with? And the Bible says, I want, I want people to lift up their hands in the sanctuary. That's a commandment. And men specifically, men, we get excited and raise our hand over everything. But God wants us to learn how to do that uh, unto the Lord. And all God's people said. Number nine is pure bodies. Pure bodies. The Bible talks about that our bodies being pure, being holy, not engaging in, in immoral and sexual relationships that are outside the, the, the boundaries of marriage. Number 10 is dancing feet. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Psalm 149 verse 3, let them praise his name with what? That's another verse my parents never taught me, okay? But it's in the Bible. And it's not, it's not worldly dancing. It's dancing unto the Lord. And the number 11 on this list might be the most important, which is to worship God with a broken heart. And that seems strange, but it might be the highest level of praise. When your heart is broken, when your health is fading, when, when, you, when your headaches and your problems are, are, are immense, your marriage is falling apart, when your children have gone astray, Will you worship God when your heart is broken? You remember Job? He lost all ten of his children. He lost all of his money. He lost all of his health. He lost all of his possessions. Even his wife turns against him. And yet the Bible says, one of the most, most amazing verses in the Bible, Job 1.20, that says, at this, Job got up, he, he tore his robe, he shaved his head, and then he fell to the ground in what? 
in what? More things bad happened to Job than any person I've ever known or met since, since that. I've never known anyone who got, who's been through what Job's gone through. And yet the Bible says he fell to the ground and worshiped. Number 12 is, is laying prostrate. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles 29, so they all praised the Lord, the God of their fathers, and they bowed low and they fell prostrate before the Lord. I have a picture that someone sent me and on the left are Muslims who are required five times a day. They're required five times a day to bow down, prostrate on the ground, and to uh, pray to the God Allah. And the media never makes a big deal about that. But for some reason, one guy, one guy named Tim Tebow, he gets down uh, to pray, and the media doesn't know what to do about this. And and some reason, all the Muslims bowing down to Allah, that's okay. But for one guy, and then they have this thing called Tebowing, all right? It's not Tebowing, it's worship is what it is. And the reason why it seems so strange to the media, I believe, is because they're not used to seeing us as Christians bowing down in prayer wherever we are. And I think if more of us would bow down and and sincerely pray and worship, not Tebowing, but if we would sincerely uh, lie down and and worship before God in prayer, then maybe the media would, would would understand that, hey, that's what Christians do. We do clap, we do sing, we do praise the Lord, we do get down on our knees, we do fall down on our faces before God because that is what worship is. And pride and being too self-conscious, that is what keeps us from bowing down and worshiping before God. Worship is losing yourself in the midst of seeing the glory and the wonder of an almighty God. Undivided heart, unlimited expressions, and number three, unashamed intentions. There's four things that you should be unashamed to do. I want you to say the word unashamed. Unashamed. There are four things you should be unashamed to do, and all four of these have something to do with worship. And we'll go through these fast. First is when we dwell in his presence. That's what worship is. It's living every moment of every day in his presence. Worship is not you coming to church on Sunday for about 15, 20 minutes and singing. Worship is when you live, when you dwell in the presence of God every moment of every day, dwelling in relationship with the Lord God. Can someone say amen to that? Number two, the second thing that that we, we, we should have unashamed intentions is to raise the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Raise the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ. We used to sing this song with our little, with this finger right here. We used to sing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. And then we used to do this, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Not going to let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. Won't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. 
I believe that part of worship is us raising God's banner, letting his light shine through us. When you worship, you're letting God's light shine through you. When you come to church and you sing and you raise your hands and you kneel, you step forward, you clap, you got a few little dance moves you throw in there. You're letting your light shine. It's not about you. It's about raising the banner of Jesus Christ. The third thing as we prepare to close is to ignite your creativity. God has created you uniquely. Write out a prayer, compose a song, pen a story, shoot a film, put together a scrapbook, make some cards, come up with an idea that no one has ever tried before because God created you to do that. I want everyone to look at your thumb real quick. Just look at it. I want you to look at your thumbprint. Seven billion people on this planet. No one in the world has your thumbprint because you're unique. I want you to raise your thumb up there. I want you to repeat after me these words. You ready? You ready? Say, I am. Somebody. You have unique gifts. You have unique talents. You have a unique thumbprint. You have unique DNA. And God created you to use those gifts to be creative in the way you worship Him. There aren't just 12 ways. There's a thousand ways. Think of something that no one else has ever done. You can come up with something. I came up with the idea to write that book, God Has an App for That. It just kind of went through my mind. I, I kept reading all the news. All the news was about there's an app for this, there's an app for that, there's an app for this. I started thinking, well, man, God's got an app. And so, uh, you know, I, we, we, we did some research, and no one had really ever written a real book on that subject. It's kind of strange. And I'm not really that, that great of a writer. I got some people together and said, hey, let's write this book. And we wrote a book. We went to a publisher. We pitched it several places. No one wants to do it. No, that won't work. No, no, no one's going to read that. We went to one publisher. We pitched three, four ideas. They, pitched, they picked another book that I wanted to write. And uh, they said, come out and meet us. So we went out to meet them. And the only reason for the meeting was for them to tell me that they did not want to do the book. God has a nap for that but they want to do this other book. And when the meeting was over, (laughs) when the meeting was over, they said, well, think about it. And two weeks later, they called back and said, all right, we're going to do the book. God has an app for that. And it's published right now. Okay? Just a little idea in my little brain. You, You might even have to talk someone into it. But be creative. Think about Something you could do that would worship God that no one else has ever thought of. Anybody can do it. The fourth thing is refuse to be embarrassed. Refuse to be embarrassed. You might not be able to sing one note on key. Sing anyway. You might be the worst painter in America. Paint anyway. You might have absolutely no rhythm, which some of you have no rhythm. Clap anyway. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen people, they, 
They, they try to clap with it. They can't even clap on the beat of the song. But I think when they're doing that with all of their might, that God is pleased. I want to close by showing you this text in Ezra, all right? This is in Ezra 3, verse 10. Look at these words. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, yes, they had a building program. The builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priest and their vestments with trumpets. Everybody say trumpets. And the Levites with cymbals. Say cymbals. They took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. Verse 11, with praise and thanksgiving, they, they sang to the Lord. This is what they did in their building campaign. They sang to the Lord with thanksgiving. He is good. His love to Israel endures forever. And all the people gave what the Bible calls a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord had been laid. Verse 12. But many of the older priests, how many of you feel like you're old? Raise your hand if you think you're old, okay? And why is this significant? Significant because they'd been there a long time. They had seen they'd seen the, the destruction and disrepair of the first temple. They knew what the long journey had been to finally get to this moment where they could rebuild the temple. The Bible says many of the older priests and Levites and the family heads who had seen the former temple, they, while everyone is shouting, they began to weep. But the Bible says they wept aloud when they saw the foundation of the temple being laid while many others were doing what? Shouting for joy. So you got a lot of people shouting. you got all these older people just weeping. And the last verse says, I, I love this verse. It says that no one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of the weeping because the people made so much noise And the sound was heard far, far away. Oh, I'm telling you, when we come to church, get you one of those donuts, get you some coffee, clear your throat, and come in here to worship God in such a way that some of you will be singing, some of you will be worshiping, some of you will be clapping, some of you will be shouting, some of you will be standing, some of you will be kneeling, but there will be such a great noise that comes from this place that they will hear us while they're walking into Starbucks and wonder what's going on over there at the church there at the Shepherd of the Hills Church. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888 818 4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. 
We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.